Welcome to another edition of the NCBI podcast. I'm June Tinsley, Head of Communications and Advocacy with NCBI. And today I have um, David Ryan on the line to have a chat with me. Um, and we're very welcome. David, thank you for taking the time to uh, talk to us today. Thank you very much for having me. No problems, no problems. Um, and I'm looking forward to learn a bit more about, about yourself and your life. And I suppose just for the benefit of our listeners, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, um, my name is David Ryan. I'm 48, I think, for a second. Um, yeah. I'm originally from Kilkenny. Um, I did go to school in St. Joseph's School in Grace Park Road. Um, finished there in 94. Right. Um, I'm married with three children and I'm a foster parent as well. So I've been living in Bettytown in County Mead for 14 years. And I'm studying social work in Trinity. Um, I finished up working last year. Um, and my eyesight deteriorated. Um, it was time for a, a change, a fresh start. Um, let's see. Uh, well, studying social work in Trinity, it's it's interesting, it's challenging, and it has lots of obstacles to overcome. Um, but getting there slowly. Um, and have you only, I only just joined Trinity no, this year? Or? No, I've started my second year, senior fresher. Okay, excellent, yes. excellent. Um, and what's your experience of being a mature student been like? Um, it's very strange to be sitting in a class with 20-year-olds. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I feel very old at times, but I'm lucky with the course that I'm doing, there's probably 15 mature students, so we kind of hang out together, which... Is a saving grace. Um, college is good. It's interesting. Learning a lot. Um, I have to learn to ask for help. You won't. You won't receive it unless you ask. That's the first thing I had to learn. Okay. Um, everyone goes through it. As all the mature students, they all question whether they did the right thing going back to college. But everyone goes through that through certain parts of the year, especially when assignments and things are due. Yeah. And when you're trying to balance it with family and um, everything same, else. Yeah. But yeah. I will have I will the IT department in the college have been great support in, in helping out and getting things set up and showing me how to use technology. I hate computers. Uh, <laughs> in my previous job, I would type something, print it, file it away, and hopefully didn't have to see another computer for the rest of the week. Um, well, the biggest okay. thing, the biggest thing I have to do is check my emails every day, which I could go months without looking at emails before I started. Um, <laughs> it sounds er like they're kind of trying to drag you into the 21st century a bit. Yes, they definitely <laughs> are. Um, I was, I'd be happy to, with a phone call or a text message, but emails, <laughs> no, but to suppose you have to adapt and, and get on with it. Everything is emails these days. And are you receiving the um, any assistive technology aids that you need? Are, are, have you received that or was that any hassle to get them or anything like that? Um, no, I'd say the college is very good that way. Um, I'm probably very lucky that one of the guys here is very much connected with the NCBI. He, he seems to know all the IT people in the NCBI. And Great. if he hasn't got the answer, he says, leave it with me. And then the next day he sends an email with a, a solution to the problem which is great and he's 
I suppose it comes down to individuals. He's very into technology and helping people. So. I hope your lecturers are likewise open to making sure their presentations or whatever um, are accessible to you. Yeah, some will email them. Um, problem reading overheads. That's the problem. Even when they're emailed to you, it's very hard to read overheads, especially with all the pictures and details on them. Yeah. Um, but a lot of them will send a little printouts of or email printouts of what the class is going to be and what we're covering. And they will have readings that you could do. The first couple of months, that was where it's challenging is letting the lecturers know what you need, because sometimes they might photocopy a book. Yes. A page and there's no chance of reading it and no chance of the screen reader reading it. So. They have adapted uh, this year since I started back. Uh, we use Blackboard that has improved a lot in the last year. It's and do you use Bookshare as well? Bookshare, yes. Oh, I'd be lost without Bookshare because if you go to the library, a lot of books could be gone. Yes. Or they're not on ebook or whatever. So Bookshare is a saving grace. It's probably one of the best things that the NTBI have done. <laughs> I have to say it's it's so good. Right, there is times I can't get a book, but I have to say I contact the library. They they've always found a solution for me. So, and I suppose for the benefit of our listeners, just to um say that Bookshare, if you're not a, a member, is really um, Ireland's largest digital accessible library. So it's targeted really at third level students, but also secondary students. Um, and there are some leisure reading materials on it as well. But basically all the catalogue is available in your preferred format. Um, so it's yes. very easy to, to download and to uh, access in your preferred format. Um, and Tell us, David, what other services of NCBI have you availed of over the years? Um, the lab, um, I've contacted him a lot of times, especially with technology, phones. And I have to say, they're always, with the phone, the last time I was in, they were able to show me an app for reading things out. They are out for menus or a jar from the, the, the press that would read the back of the barcode and tell you what it is. Yes. And, that, and that, they're small, they're little, simple little things, but they make a big difference. True. Um, then the accessibility, I'm I'm an Android person. I know a lot of people are Apple. I can't change to Apple. And the accessibility on the Android, I find very good. Maybe because I'm used to it. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, the lab then uh, with Jane in Navin, I would say, when I started having to use the cane, she was excellent in coming out and going over the local routes and just equipment and advice. I have to say, anytime I had to ring with an issue, she's been very good. If she had, couldn't answer the phone, she'll ring back within the day and 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 we'd find a solution to things. Great, great, great. And in terms of um, ensuring that uh, you have access to um, as much as you need, have you availed of any of our vision sports activities? Um, I haven't. I used to be into sports a, a lot with, uh, at the time, Irish blind sports with football and athletics. But since children came along, it's <laughs> more or less, over. it's taking them to their sports. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to get back into sports, but just time. 
yeah you're, yeah that's understandable I mean yeah now you're just on on, on the sidelines yourself um cheering along I am on the sidelines and unfortunately I try to stay back from the sidelines because you usually get drafted into some job. Um, <laughs> I was coaching um, my son's football team there up to about two years ago and one of the uh, guys from Mead, or Dublin used to slag me and say Mead football is in great hands, a blind man from Kilkenny coaching the underage. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, you can only just take that as a compliment, in fairness, I'm sure. You I I'm can. sure the team performed very well for you. Oh, they did. And listen, under, under the age they were at, it was more about games and listening skills and listening to the coaches okay. and that. But when you get them to the next level and the ball was going high in the sky, it was time for me to step aside. Yeah, fair enough. And, and, let, and let the professionals in. <laughs> and let someone else take over. That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, well, uh, when the time is, is right, for you obviously you you can join any of the vision sports activities that might interest you oh definitely when i get back to it well i am involved with a we have a sports for all with the local ga club i help out coaching that that be a team on a saturday morning that would have i think it's 18 athletes and in all different abilities which is great because all of them have a sibling or a parent that's in the club and now the kids feel like they're part of the club great so and that's good. I in, I enjoy that. I have to say, I mean, it's it's more or le- less about games. So it's my level of sport coaching. And is it a GAA? Is it sport? It's, G- it's GAA sports for all. Okay, interesting. Um, I I haven't come come across that before. Is is that available in most GAA clubs, or is it one that you set up yourself? Um, it was set up ourselves, and it was. I think Rahini has one. Think Colin Kills in Betty's town. There's a few clubs that it's starting to grow, but it's still at the early stages. But the GAA are getting behind it. And we did have a big day in Croke Park a few years ago where Harry and Meghan came along to uh, to watch. Well, that's certainly a, a, a VIPs um, <laughs> to have on the sidelines. It was, and it kind of helped with the profiles. So funding and numbers increased after that. Oh, I'm sure. And to be fair, though, to the GAA, when they get behind something, they're they're very strong to to champion it across the country. They are. They they do they do do it very well. And they, if someone is in an area where the club doesn't do it, they're able to go to the next neighbour's club to to do it. So it's it's very flexible. Right. Great. 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 Um. And you, you mentioned earlier, David, that you're a, a foster parent as well. Um. I, um. We're fostering now six, nearly going on seven years. Um, and how many children have you had uh, with you during that period? We've had about seven placements. Seven. Um, and the placement could be anything from two weeks to the longest we had was eighteen months. Wow. Um, we we only do placements for children that are at least two to three years younger than our youngest child. So okay. my youngest is ten now. So it's all around a seven-year-old would be the oldest. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, um, and I suppose being a foster parent is just, I have nothing but admiration for foster parents because the um, emotional energy and love and support you provide to uh, to the children. Um, and what was the, the motivation behind you wanting uh, to be a foster parent? Um, I've always worked in care um, all my life and so is, so is my wife, Alison. 
Um, she came, she brought it up a couple of years ago, and I think we spent at least a year talking about it, thinking about it. At the time, there was an interview she heard on the radio. Yes. Uh, looking for social workers, and they foster parents were talking about it. And we kind of said, yeah. So after a year of thinking of the pros and cons, we said we'd make inquiries. And then we started the process. It took at least 18 months. It's not the easiest process to do. It's very True. tough. It's very yeah. challenging. And you will be asked questions that no one else in your life, even family, friends would ask you. So yeah, very intrusive questions. Yeah. Very. And yeah. that takes a bit of getting around. But the percentage of people seeing it through is very low. I think it's nearly, it could be anything between 10 to 6% would finish the whole process. As low as that, well, okay. Well, I suppose Tusla is always on a recruitment drive for foster parents and then there's yeah. the private companies as well that offer yes. arrangements. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, did go with a few challenges over my site. Um, the medical on it at the time thought that vision impaired people shouldn't be foster parents. And they had a list of reasons about it. You wouldn't have to do this, you wouldn't have to do that. So we challenged that. Because my wife could have been a foster parent uh, without me being honest, but I said, no, we're doing it as a partnership. Yes. So I want to be passed. So that kind of slowed the whole process down. We challenged it and then we had to go and speak to a foster board and to give her reasons why and how I can do X, Y and Z. Yes. Um, that's it took a while. Uh, next, it probably added an extra eight months onto the whole process. Um, but we got there in the end. So I will say if anyone, if anyone wants to do it, it will not be easy and it will make it challenging over your side. Um, and you can see why um, they're, they're, you're taking a child in that could have a lot of challenging challenges, challenging behaviours, sorry. And how are you going to cope with? But it's like raising my own three kids. I plan ahead. I have the house set up to suit to suit me, the way yes. I do things, and you you just work things out. I, I'm just curious to think that the your own doctor who who knows you and knows you're already a well, no, this was, three this children. Was, this, no, this was the doctor from the fostering board. Okay, okay. My, my local doctor was fine for us. Um, yeah, you, I it, it, yeah, I even from my eye consultant, he was all for it. He knew he knows me for years. And the work that I've done, so he was he wrote a letter to say that I was very capable of doing it. Um, and I'm, I'm but, hoping your family have found the the process very rewarding, challenging at times. Oh, it is. I have to say it's been great. For, it's great for my kids. Um, my kids are now 10, 12 and thirteen, and yeah. with the kids coming in that are younger than them, they have great empathy and time for them. Mm -hmm. um, that's why we wanted to keep it that way, because if they were the same age or older, they would be probably challenging over attention, over the same games. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, they, and they wouldn't have as much patience with the yep. one that, that came in. So they're great and they have a great understanding about circumstances that children, we, and we wouldn't tell them everything, we, we water everything down that we, we yeah. let them know. But they have great patience and understanding that sometimes people are not as lucky as them and yeah exactly. they, they they want to help 
are they okay then when that individual um, ideally returns to their own biological family unit or moves on to another placement or anything like that? Um, yeah, we've we've been blessed. Uh, six of the placements have all worked out really well. Oh, brilliant. Uh, so well they've, they've gone back home or they want, went to be adopted and we still hear from them. Um, Great. The, Last Christmas, the parents of one of two of the, the boys that we had came with Christmas presents for the kids and and stuff, and they, they have a good relationship with them. Great, great. So and yeah, but when the placement we had one that broke down, that is challenging for them, and you have to sit down and explain things for them to understand, and it takes time. It does. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we yeah. take a break in between each of them, so that everyone is okay. Well, and you're rightly so, rightly so, just given the emotional um, attachments that people can forge and just wanting to not compromise your own family unit as well, but wants to get the best out of the new member of your family. And as you say, it's just such a um, a, an amazing uh, thing to, to do that will benefit your children as well. Yeah, and we, we have been blessed with majority of the cases. A lot of them is people think... Um, probably violence, drugs, where a lot of the cases that we had was where the mother got ill, was going into hospital, daddy was struggling with work and balancing everything. So where the state stepped in just to give a hand. Yes. And yeah. we've been blessed with that's been a lot of our cases. So. Great, 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 great. Well, best of luck with it. Um, as I said, it's, it, it can can be so, so rewarding. It really can. Um, and have the individuals, the children, I'm sure, that have been placed with you have learned a lot from you around living with the vision impairments that they might not never have encountered before? Yeah, no, a lot of them, children uh, just take things as they see it and that's it. It's, they have no questions. It doesn't, doesn't bother them. them. If, yeah, if they see the cane, they think it's something for Star Wars. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, no, they're, they're very good. As one child told me before, I'm the best person to play hide and seek with. <laughs> so, so, yeah, they, they, they always see it in the good light. Yeah, that's right. And it, the, the cane is your superpower. It's great. Yes. Absolutely great. Yeah. Love it. Um, and I suppose just to conclude, David, um, what one piece of advice would you give to another person recently diagnosed with a sight loss condition? Um, well, I've listened to one of the podcasts there while back and someone said blindness doesn't define them and I have to say that's very true it's only a small little aspect of what you're going through and don't be frightened to ask for help that's one thing I struggle with I'm usually someone that's very good at helping people and offering help but I don't ask and that's the hardest thing I had to work on and there's lots of good people in the NCBI and Fighting Blindness and other organisations that have the answers or the support that you might need. And a lot of the support, you only need a little bit. You might need it for a short period of time to find a solution to whatever you're going through. And then, and then you, you move on. So yeah. ask, ask. Don't be too... It's nearly the the same piece of advice for for every walk of life. If anybody needs a bit of help, just just ask for help, and it's it's not a sign of weakness or it's not not a sign of judgment or anything. It's uh, the the help is there. Um, and to of, yes, and a lot of people are willing to help, but they're frightened. They don't want to come come over and ask. 
because they they don't they don't want to upset you or they don't want to be feeling they might say the wrong thing. And there's yes. a lot of people out there willing to help. So just ask. That's the, yes. That's the advice. Wise yeah, words, I, indeed. It is, and I think we all do that. And she say that affects everyone in society: children, yeah. parents, workplaces. It do, it doesn't matter. It's it's everyone. True, 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 true. Um, and as always, for our listeners, if they wish to um, reach out for for assistance and help, NCBI can help right across the country. Um, the w- best way to access our services is through our website, ncbi.ie, or alternatively, jump onto our info line, which is 1-800-911-250. But for now, David, I would just like to say thank you very much for taking your time um, and lovely to have had a chat with you and best luck with your your future studies and uh, your foster parenting. I hope it continues to be as productive and as rewarding uh, and best luck with everything. Thank you and thank you for all the good work you're all doing there. Thank you.